Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 518, air date February 10th, 2020. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Shiva Ayodhuri. As many of you know, I'm running for the United States Senate. One of my goals is to really educate people how systems work so we can identify you know, the real problem and the real solutions. Career politicians do not care about any of this. They basically are highly corrupt. They never want to understand anything real. They always want to defray to a fake problem, a fake solution, and they keep most of you stupid so you can't actually figure out what's going on because the things are frankly complicated. But my job uh, as your next U.S. Senator is to make things understandable so you can actually understand what the real problem is and the real solution. Healthcare is a very, very complicated topic. However, I've looked at it and from a systems perspective, I've been able to understand it and distill it to the real essential elements which I'm going to share with you today. So join me. So let's go on over here. So first of all, let's talk about what the goal is here. Here's you as an individual, and I think all of us ultimately, you know, want help. We want health, right? And what's interesting is in the healthcare discussion, whether it be Bernie Sanders, whether it be Obama or whether it be whoever, no one talks about what health is in healthcare. They're always talking about healthcare, which we're going to see shortly is really about insurance and, and getting money out of you. They don't talk about health. But if you want to get health, um, what are the elements that you're actually trying to get? Okay. Well, one of the things you want to do is you want to get access to these people called doctors. Okay. You want to get access to doctors. And these doctors may be you know, a family practitioner, okay, for example, your general practitioner, they may be a, you know, a neurologist, if you have something going on in your brain, they could be a gynecologist, uh, if you're a woman trying to get, uh, figure out what's going on and to get pregnant or other kinds of things, but the idea is you want to get access to doctors. Most doctors, by the way, are going through something called medical school, before they can be a doctor, they may have gone to residency. And many of them also went before that to something called undergraduate education, a college, right? So by the time they're going through this process and they become a doctor, many of them are carrying about $200,000 to $500,000 in loans. But you as an individual, you want to get access to great doctors. The other thing is um, you typically may need access to medical supplies, right? And these could be many things that you may need access to. This could be as simple as a Band-Aid that you may need access to. You may need access to a wheelchair. God forbid something happened to you. You may need access to um, you know, things like a catheter, okay, et cetera. And these are coming from various medical, medical supply companies. And there's many of them out there, okay, medical supply companies. So you, you want to get access to doctors, you want to get access to medical supply supplies, but you also obviously may need access to medicines. You know, this is in the unfortunate case, something horrible occurs, you're in a hospital or you're in a pharmacy, um, you want to get access to medicine. This is coming typically from um, people are creating these are drug manufacturers, right? Or biotech companies nowadays. Uh, sometimes it's supplement guys, right? You have supplements. Supplements, if you look at medicine, medicine. And these guys are creating medicines. The medicines can include things like insulin. They include Tylenol, for example. Um, they can include 
Lipitor if you're on drugs uh, for your heart medication. But um, you as a, in order to want health, you're looking at medicines, medical supplies, and doctors. So how do you get access to that? Well, there was a time in the old days you literally went to your doctor. You know, in the 70s, you paid him 15, 20 bucks for a doctor's visit. He took care of you. You went over to your local pharmacy. You got all this stuff. However, things have become much more complicated starting around in the 70s. And now today, you, in order to get access to this, have to get insurance. And insurance has become the way that you get access to this. So I was asking my friend Alan, in fact, who's helping us with the camera. I said, Alan, why did you get insurance? He goes, oh, my God, God forbid something happened to me, you know, and I had to uh, go to the hospital or I, ha I had to get very expensive medicines. So that's why people are willing to pay anywhere between 300, 400, 500, 700 bucks per month for their family, et cetera, to get, to get insurance. God forbid they needed to get access to this because the costs have gotten so high. So let's look at that. So in order for you, let's say to get your medicines or to get, uh, or to get care today, where do you get it? Well, one of the places that you get it today is a place which we all know these big institutions called the hospital, okay? The other places we get medicine is, is where many of you may go to what's called the pharmacy, right? And these could be your local CVSs, your Walgreens, etc. okay? So if you needed to get medicines, we're going to follow how the medicines you actually get access to. Well, one way is if you happen to be inpatient in the hospital, then over here, you know, here you are in your bed at the hospital and you're lying there, the doctor will give you drugs right here at the hospital, okay? So the hospital can deliver you drugs there or you may get your drugs here when you go to the pharmacy, you pay them, uh, or you, you get the drugs right here at the pharmacy. So you can get it at two locations. You can get it here in the hospital or you can get it over here. Well, how do you get access to that? Well, today, most people pay something called insurance. You connect to an insurance company and people are paying these insurance companies some dollar per month, which is called your premium. And the insurance company gives you an insurance policy, right? Now, we can get into the intricacies of this. Many of these insurance policies vary. You're paying, let's say, 300, 200, 400, 500 per month. And for that policy, they have various guidelines, various terms and conditions. But typically, if you're going to go visit your doctor, you may pay a copay, 15, 20 bucks. Uh, if you go to your pharmacy, you may pay some basic portion above that. They give it to you at, you know, no cost beyond that. But uh, so you are buying into this thing, I like this, called your premium, and they give you this insurance policy, okay? Now, what happens here? Um, the insurance company, when you want to go get that drug, they are paying the hospital something, and you're getting the drug delivered here. Similarly, the insurance company will pay the pharmacy something, and you get your drug delivered to you through the pharmacy, okay? So those are two ways that you're getting the medicines.
all this seems pretty straightforward. Now, the interesting thing is, let's say you're in the hospital and you're in the emergency room and they give you some aspirin. We all know if you actually went and bought the aspirin, it's probably around, you know, 10 cents or 5 cents per, per you know, tablet. If you actually got it in the hospital and you were actually able to get the costs, which are very, very difficult to get, it's probably about $50. Okay, it's been marked up 100 times at this hospital. So what's going on? Let's go back over here. When medicines are made, let's say the guy who makes the aspirin manufacturer or the manufacturer of the actual medicine, and let's say it's one of you. Let's say one of you starts a biotech company here in Cambridge, and you want to get your medicines sold. Where do you get it sold? Either you want to get your, manu your medicine out to pharmacies or you want to get to hospitals. You have to go through people called distributors. Okay, so let's put the distributors here. These are distributors, and there's many of them out there. You can look them up, but there's people who will distribute. So if you're a drug manufacturer, some people call this big pharma over here. So if you're big pharma and you want to get your medicines out here, these are your actual buyers, you have to find a distributor. So the medicines are going through a distributor. So how did they get over to the hospital? Well, there's some very interesting people here on the hospital side called GPOs. In fact, I'm going to put a big red thing on this so you can see this really well, GPOs. All right? On the pharmacy side, there are people, put it like this, called PBMs, Pharmacy Benefit Managers, GPOs, and pharmacy benefit managers. Now, these are people that you won't see politicians talking about, but you will see Dr. Shivaya Dure talking about it because I want to talk to you about what's really going on with healthcare today, why the costs are high. So GPOs are here and PBMs are here. And these people actually don't own anything. They actually own contracts. They own relationships. So the GPOs own relationships with people in hospitals. They own relationships with hospital administrators. And let me explain how this occurred. In the 1970s, when hospitals were out there, let's say there's a thousand hospitals. Let's say every hospital was buying the, that aspirin and they were paying maybe uh, you know, a uh, dollar an aspirin, okay? Um, that means you know, for one aspirin, each hospital is paying a dollar, a thousand hospitals. So if they have to buy a hundred aspirins each, they're buying about 100,000 aspirins and they're paying a dollar a piece. So people said, hey, why don't we work together, the hospital administrators, and do group purchasing? That's where the term comes from, group purchasing organizations. So they got a bunch of the, they found a group purchaser, it could be Alan. They said, hey, Alan, why don't you go be our guy and you go to the drug manufacturers here and you strike deals for us instead of us paying a dollar per aspirin, why don't you get a better rate? So Alan said, great, he did it. He got some incentive to do that, but he was paid some, you know, lump sum salary. And maybe instead of paying $1, he got it down to 10 cents, okay? So he saved 90 cents. These guys were getting volume discounts of selling 1,000, you know, to each hospital. They were selling now 100,000. And so Alan passed on that savings to the hospitals. And this went on like this for many things. We'll also... Uh, as I'm talking about this, 
Over here, we have medical supplies, band-aids, wheelchairs, catheters. All of these also started going through these. If you are a wheelchair manufacturer or catheter manufacturer, in order to get your supply to a hospital, you also went through a GPO. So these distributors worked here as well as through PBMs on the pharmacy side. So the PBMs were the GPO equivalents into pharmacies and the, and the GPOs here were the GPOs into hospitals. I hope that's being clear. So you basically had these people who had relationships with the hospitals and with the pharmacies, the local pharmacies, and the PBMs, again, they didn't, they didn't own anything or the GPOs don't own anything. They owned contracts. And still to this day, it's sort of a dark area. No one really knows what, how the contracts are written up, but the PBMs own relationships. They own relationships and they basically are necessary for the insulin manufacturer or the wheelchair manufacturer to get their supplies into here. So if there are 10 wheelchair manufacturers and you want to get your particular wheelchair into a hospital, you better have a distributor relationship and the distributor better have a GPO relationship. So this went on in the 70s, 80s, and it actually worked pretty well because they kept the costs low. However, what ended up happening was these GPOs, so imagine a GPO, he wasn't just doing the aspirin, but he was doing aspirins and wheelchairs and bed sheets. In fact, 80% of the stuff in a hospital, from the bed sheets to the staplers, go through three major GPOs. So today, there's three major GPOs, and there's three major PBMs. So they've consolidated. And around late 1990s and 2000, the GPOs flipped the model. They said, wait a minute, we got all the supply going through us, so we will control the prices. And they essentially were allowed by Congress in a Safe Harbor Act to give kickbacks to the hospital administrators as well as to the pharmacy administrators, which means that instead of that aspirin, which went from a dollar to 10 cents, they kept it at let's say 75 cents. And the little and they maybe they gave around 10 cents kickback to administrators here, legalized corruption. So let me repeat that. GPOs initially were there to buy large quantities across a group of hospitals or pharmacies to lower the cost, but as they grew, they actually started controlling supply. So if you come over here and you look at it, all the medical supplies go through distributors to everything through a hospital, but they touch a GPO. Same thing with all the medicines go through distributors and through the PBMs before they come to your CVS. Again, three major PBMs and three major GPOs own about 90% of the supply to hospitals and pharmacies, okay? It gets even more interesting. The doctors, remember a doctor is graduating here anywhere between 250K to 500K in loans. Most of these guys, you know, in the old days, you went to your doctor here into his little family practice. This was the old family practice. And the doctor knew you, you knew him, and you had a very good relationship. It was a one-on-one -on -one relationship between doctor and patient. Well, these guys are finding it very, very expensive to go and work here because, because of the current healthcare model, quote-unquote Obamacare, which, uh, or those kinds of high insurance models, the young family practitioner, he's got to hire two secretaries, administrators to fill out all this paperwork. So they're saying, screw that, I'll just go work in a hospital, okay? So what's happened is the costs have become inflated. I'll give you an example. A very good uh, friend of mine who's a, uh, who's a gastroenterologist working at a hospital, he needed to do a simple 
procedure for one of his patients. He said, look, instead of coming to the hospital, just go stay at the Best Western and we'll do it outpatient. You can come in, see me, stay at the Best Western for a hundred bucks and I'll do the procedure. The insurance company said, uh-uh, no. They said, you must go into the hospital and the same procedure, which would have been about $3,000, was $30,000, okay? So the insurance company paid the hospital, or the hospital billed the insurance company thirty grand, which would have been a low cost. So what's happening here is, this is what's counterintuitive. The insurance companies do not, I repeat, do not want to lower costs. They want the cost to be high. Why do they want the cost to be high? Because you, out of fear out of fear, will keep buying their insurance policy, okay? They want to keep the cost high. So if you were to actually ask when you went to a hospital or a pharmacy what the actual costs are, you will find out that it's very difficult to get the cost. Let me give you something even more interesting. The three big insurance companies are now merging with the three major GPOs as well as the three major pharmacy manufacturers, uh, the PBMs. So there's consolidation taking place, which means we won't even know what the costs are, but I can tell you that the GPOs and the PBMs, the Safe Harbor Act, late 90s, early 2000, needs to be rolled back. In my health rights acts that I'm proposing, the first thing I will do when I enter the Senate is to eliminate the kickbacks these guys are getting. I brought this up on the campaign trail last year. Warren didn't know what to say when journalists finally asked her. She tried to evade the question, but this is why our health care costs are high because of these middlemen who control the supply of everything. Furthermore, doctors who uh, find it hard to do family practice work because of the overhead are going to hospitals further, making sure that basic procedures and basic interaction between the doctor and patient have become very, very high. So I, I hope this helps understand the mechanism. Again, repeat, you want health, you need to have access to doctors, medical supplies and medicines. These guys need to go through a layer called distributors. The distributors can't get it directly to the hospitals or pharmacies. We have GPOs, Group Purchasing Organization, Pharmacy Benefit Managers, who are basically almost these sort of this dark force of people who own the contractual relationships, and they get to give kickbacks to hospital administrators, massively increasing the cost anywhere sometimes between 2x to 2,000 times. This is a massively high increase. And to give you the order of magnitude of the money that flows through here, it's around $500 billion, okay? $250 billion to $500 billion. You're talking about a quarter of a trillion dollars to half a trillion dollars. That's what's exacerbating our healthcare costs. So what's the solution? Well, the solution is you as the individual should have a direct access to your doctors, direct access to medical supplies, direct access to medicines. And by the way, this, this entire system doesn't even talk about food as medicine, right? Let thy food be thy medicine, one of the uh, big things of Hippocrates. So we're not even talking about that. So here's the solution. Here's my solution is, and this is how we move the future, is you as an individual should maybe pay around 50 to 75 bucks to what's called a direct primary care physician here. It's called the DPC model. There's around 2,000 doctors now in the United States. This is a movement growing saying, hey, look, I don't want, I'm not going to take insurance um, because it's overhead for me and you. Just pay me about 50 to 75 bucks. These DPC family practitioners are saying, look, 
of the stuff that you need, I can take care of. You don't need to go to the hospital. This isn't the 20% case, okay? So in the 80% of the case, you know, you get a little, I don't know, something happens, you get a little scratch on the head or, you know, something happens, you fall. Basic simple accidents can be handled or your basic checkups here. For that, pay me 50 to 75 bucks. So that's around 50 to 75 bucks. And uh, there's a doctor right here, for example, in Massachusetts up in Marblehead, uh, Jeff Gold, he says around 75 bucks. He t only takes 500 patients during the year. And he's there for you for anything. You can call him on Skype, email, call him on the phone, etc. cetera. Uh, Jeff gave a very interesting example at our town hall. A young, uh, a mother uh, had a, a young boy, eight-year-old boy, and he got a big gash in his head. And she called up Jeff, what should I do? Should I take him to the hospital or should I bring him to you? Jeff said, no, bring him here. Ask Johnny what he wants. And he said, oh, I like Dr. Gold. Came in, you know, and literally for about uh, $25, it was, it was basically some basic medicines. He stitched him up with local anesthetic, and he was fine. Now, if he had gone to the hospital, that would have been a $3,500 bill, okay? So $75, bucks, you go to your local uh, direct family care physician. Now, just like we do auto insurance, we pay another maybe 100 bucks directly to the big reinsurance companies for catastrophic insurance. And that takes care of the 20% case in, in case something awful happens. So your overall health care bill is around maybe 100 75 bucks below 200 bucks you have everything taken care of that's the way we solve the healthcare problem get rid of and the third thing is we have to eliminate the safe harbor act we support direct physician care it's through the one-on-one -on -one relationship between the healer and the individual that we get health we eliminate this nonsense and we also support preventative care food is medicine so anyway i, I hope this helps to understand that we can lower the cost of healthcare drastically, food as medicine, direct relationships, and get rid of these very, very scummy in-between uh, fellows who have exacerbated the healthcare costs. Again, you're only going to hear this here and maybe some other very innovative people, but this is why you guys got to get out and vote Shiva for Senate. Thank you very much.